0: It's time to get in the zone, the Fantasy Football Zone. Hey,
1: guys, where else would you rather be?
0: Get involved with the show by following us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. What a
1: piece of that championship. Put it in here.
0: This is the Fantasy Football Zone. And welcome back into the Fantasy Football Zone. And again, we're joined by RotoWire's Corey Smith. And, Corey, what a wild week it was yet again. And uh, it was like the week that never finished, especially with the game that wrapped up last night.
1: Yeah, man, the second... Tuesday game since 1946, uh, Titans beating down the Bills. The game, we both took the Bills minus one last week, but Titans starting to look again like a real contender. I mean, I don't know. They got to the championship last year. We bonded in on Tannehill, but just time and time again, they show up and 4-0 here.
0: And the thing with that game last night, you might have been in a situation like I was on Sunday. Do I risk having these guys because they were in my lineup, and I had Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown, and I decided, okay, I'll leave Henry in my lineup, but since Brown, it sounded like he was going to play, but if I have two guys out and all of a sudden this game gets scrapped, and I'm scrambling on Monday night to find a replacement, and especially looking at my bench, what I'm rolling with... Some of these guys might not have played because you didn't want to take that chance because I know as of Sunday morning yet, I think there was another, like, a coach that tested positive on the Titans side. So, again, we were in this situation on Sunday. Do I wait for these guys on Tuesday to play? And if you had A.J. Brown and you waited on him, it paid off, and Derrick Henry, too. He had a couple touchdowns, helped out with that. But, man, that is the situation we're finding ourselves in more and more as this year goes on.
1: It's been real tricky For me, it was just the huge upside guys were the only ones I really rolled the dice on. I mean, if you're in like a 16-team league or something like that, you may not be afforded that luxury, but... In shallower leagues, I really only rolled the dice on Josh Allen and Henry. Um, Stefan Diggs, I could see him too, of course, but I, I probably wouldn't have started Tannehill or A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown hadn't played since the season opener. Uh, his usage may have been helped a little bit by the fact that uh, Humphreys and Corey Davis were both on the COVID 19 reserve list going into this game last night. So, big game from Brown, over 80 yards receiving, seven catches. So, Big comeback for him. We'll see how Humphreys and Davis coming back affects that workload. But Johnny Smith, Paul, just continues to be maybe the breakout of the you know yeah. season at tight end so far. His fourth and fifth touchdown catches of the season last night, he had five touchdowns combined in his 20 preceding games before 2020. So it seems Tannehill likes him in the red zone. Him and Brown, they got five of the six red zone targets. So it's really like a slim offensive operation. If you look at you know the box score at the end of the night, there aren't two, The targets are really funneled to those two guys at the top, but you do expect it to disperse a little bit with the COVID situation calming down for the Titans here, hopefully by next week.
0: And it is kind of funny, though, too, the, that you mentioned it, that you know you got A.J. Brown and, and John o. Smith You know, pass-catching stats because we were led to believe with Vrabel, they're just going to ground and pound with Henry all year. But no, these guys are starting to put up some decent numbers as well and uh, be some big fantasy studs.
1: They are, and I remember through maybe the first 10 minutes of regulation, Henry only had like three carries. Yes. He really came on as the game went along and really put the game away with that second touchdown with just about three or four minutes left. But exact, they're they're putting it in Tannehill's Hill's hands more than you might think. He's had multiple touchdowns in like 14 of his last 15 games, as long as he's been the starter since week seven of last season. So he just keeps delivering. And I, I'm liking him as a fantasy starter. Do you buy them as the AFD contender, Paul? Like, can they reach the Super Bowl? They were one game away. Yeah. Played decently close. I mean, this this was a real team, the Bills. I thought they were going to win this game. Can the Titans finally break through? I I think they can. I, I like
0: how Vrabel has this team... Believing, and uh, we saw it last year in the playoffs. He coaches them up really good, and even when they were the underdog against the Patriots, they went in there, and knocked them out. And in the Kansas City game, I mean, they had they were going toe to toe with them too. And now, if they can keep this offense rolling along with Tannehill the way he's showing things, you know, I know we're all talking about Josh Smith and Mahomes MVP talk and all that stuff of the AFC. Uh, well, maybe Tannehill might be uh, maybe considered by the end of the year. And I was thinking that beginning of the year i don't know if this guy's gonna be able to repeat what he did last year but so far he is
1: yeah four total touchdowns last night for him and i agree with you i think brable's one of the best coaches in the league period but definitely one of the best young coaches so bright future for them the other side bill it was weird i mean i thought yeah. like they'd be rusty they weren't at all uh bills their first loss of the season this kind of gets the patriots a little bit back in the mix they haven't played head-to-head the bills and the patriots but Cam Newton's been activated as of today. So they're two games back, actually a game and a half because they played one fewer games have the Patriots. So that that race may tighten up a little bit, but still think the Bills it's their division
0: to lose. Other big story, Dak Prescott. And I was not in the room when it happened. I was in the other room, but I heard my son say, dad, you won't believe this. Dak got hurt. And I'm like, no, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he just, you know, he's just humbling around or whatnot. And then I went into the room. And so from other, everything I understand, I didn't see it, but from his witness account of it, to me, it sounds like how Kevin Ware of the Louisville basketball team got injured a couple of years ago. Uh, I remember that one where it was very graphic and it sounds like this was the same thing because, like I said, I didn't see it live, but I saw the aftermath of it and I just feel bad for Dak because he was just all kinds of great things uh, he was doing with his team and, uh, man, I hope the best for him.
1: Me too, and it's absolutely brutal injury. It's like a almost... Maybe not as bad, and I pray it's not, but like a Hayward, Gordon Hayward-level injury. Just yeah. a, You could see it yeah. completely turned uh, so bad his ankle that on the Monday Night Football broadcast, they're showing the highlights of the game. They literally blurred out his ankle Ugh. on the broadcast to hide it, how bad it was. Yeah. Uh, so from here, I would think the most likely option of the three things that the Cowboys have at their disposal He'll probably be franchise tagged again. To we'll see how Andy Dalton plays down the stretch. That's one option. They could tag him again. They could sign him to an extension pole. I don't know if his price tag would go down. I wouldn't think, I would guess Jack would bet on himself again, but I don't know. Or they could just let him leave and hit free agency, which I don't see why they would do that. I think some people are talking up Dalton a good bit, but I mm-hmm. certainly see it as a downgrade. Dalton's going to step in and be confident, but we'll see. This is a very interesting contract situation that's going to play out over the course of you know the winter and the spring next year. Well, my
0: thing is about the whole franchise thing. Now, these price tags just went up with Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes signing past, I guess, the free agent period and in the offseason. So when they look at that number for the franchise tag, they, I don't know how much Jerry wants to put against the cap in one single year, but that number is going to be huge, so you may as well just sign him to a long-term deal.
1: I would think. And he hadn't missed a game before that career, if I'm not mistaken. Since they activated him uh, that first game, I don't think he missed a game. That was a freak injury for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just kind of get unlucky on certain plays, and crazy things happen. Just all that weight falling in a certain way a devastating injury. But I wouldn't, if he comes back, you feel pretty good about his ability to stay healthy. He's done that. But yeah, the franchise tag, I mean, look at their defense and how poorly they yeah. performed. Some of that could be attributed to Mike Nolan, but it's also like, we need to get some better players on the defensive side of the ball. Let's stretch out this contract. I don't know how much of a reduction per year they're going to get with the injury, but I agree with you. It's a little risky, but he's certainly a big-time quarterback.
0: Yeah, and he's proven it throughout the years. I mean, that's the thing. The last couple years, even you know, this season got cut short. But, I mean, he was leading the lead. passing yards, touchdowns, everything. I mean, what was that, 6,000 yards plus he was on track for? Yep. We knew he wasn't going to get there, but, man, he was really proving it. And, of course, what he put up last season, what else does Jerry need to see to prove that, yeah, this guy is our, is our future? I'm in on him. <laughs>
1: yeah. He's certainly not. He's not the Mahomes. He's not that much of a slam dunk. And the yeah. reality is they haven't really done much in the postseason with him. But he's an elite player, and they're just getting killed by this tag they do it again. Meanwhile, Dalton coming in, you know, he's a three-time Pro Bowler. It's been a bit since he's actually played in a Pro Bowl, but yeah. he could be a decent fantasy asset here. He does have a top-five uh, top fantasy finish in his career. I think he could be a top-ten quarterback. He's not a top-ten NFL quarterback by any means, but mm-hmm. they are the number-one passing offense, and I, I just... They, they have the best receiving core in the NFL. So you're going to step in and produce, I think, at least on the stat team. And finally,
0: another weird story, the Jets. We have been on this thing the whole time, and Gase and Le'Veon Bell, we knew this was not going to end well. In the Jets, they could not even trade Le'Veon Bell. They couldn't even get a – think about that. They could not even get like a seventh-round draft pick for the guy. They just decided to cut him. And where do we go fantasy-wise with this? Because he's going to join a situation most likely where it's going to be a timeshare backfield for Le'Veon and for the Jets. I I guess Jamison Crowder is your only viable option on that team now.
1: Surely. I do not see anybody else right now They're just refusing to use Herndon. Uh, Certainly he's had some issues fumbling and dropping passes here and there. But still a really good player. Talent-wise, they haven't used that much What's playing out in the field, it's really just crowded right now. As you said, no one wanted to touch Bell with a nine-foot pole, seemingly. 48 out of 49 qualified running backs over the last year and a quarter since he joined the Jets at the beginning of 2019. He's a 3.3 yards per carry average, so second-to-worst running back in the NFL among guys who've got enough carries to be qualified, and just four total touchdowns in his Jets career in 17 games. The Jets still have to pay him another two point five million dollars bonus here, in addition to six million more dollars in the prorated salary. But they just said, "Get out of here." They they had enough. So he went from two two thousand scrimmage yards in twenty seventeen to no one wanted him in twenty twenty. We'll, we'll see. I, I think someone will pick him up in the next month, maybe three weeks. I just. Yeah. There's going to be some injuries to the position. Someone's going to want to try him out, I'm thinking, but really ineffective during his, his career. Some
0: takeaways from week four. Uh, we're going to start off Buccaneers and Bears in maybe one of the uh, unbelievable moments so far in the 2020 season. Tom Brady forgot what down it was, and it was it was kind of laughable because all of a sudden he when they threw the incomplete pass, the camera panned right at him, and he thought, no, this is fourth down. No, you don't get a fifth down. This isn't college. <laughs> this isn't like old-time uh, Nebraska where I think they got a fifth down in one game and they won on it. But, yeah, so Tom Brady, it, it, he's forgetting his age. Yeah, I guess he's acting like it.
1: That was strange. I My heart dropped a little bit when he threw it so far down the field, knowing it was fourth down. And if you <laughs> go back and watch the replay, he had a back running out of the backfield. It was wide open. Probably could have picked up the first down if he just dumped it off. Yeah. I, I don't think him and Arians addressed it after the game. They kind of beat around the bush. Neither of them really said yeah, we just forgot what Danner was, or Brady just forgot what downer was. So I don't know if that's been resolved since, but that was an interesting approach post-game to it. Uh, may have been cleaner just to fess up to it, but we'll see how this plays out. I'm certainly thinking he'll be focused down the stretch. I mean, have you ever seen that, Paul? I was talking to my brother. Like, no. I, I'm trying to remember. I feel like I have, but I don't know if I've seen someone forgetting the down as a quarterback.
0: It's been a long time. Oh, that, yeah, I cannot – for I can't remember it's something like that, you know, that high pride, especially with Mr. Brady, where everything used That's to really be awesome. – I mean, everything was so focused on every little thing you did that he forgot the
1: actual down. Especially being him, exactly. Yeah. The fact that it's Tom Brady, but still fantasy-wise, he's been picking it up. He's had 666 passing yards the past two weeks, uh, eight to one touchdown interception. So compared to what he did the first two weeks when he had just three total touchdowns, big improvement. Overall trajectory of his play is looking better uh, if we're forgetting about that one mistake here. So they're three and two. The Saints look like they're having a bit of a down year here, Paul. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Panthers the Panthers are a bit spunky in that division, but the Bucs still could be a double-digit win team. I think there are ten win teams still, and probably the favorite to win it. All the defensive struggles the, the Saints have had so far.
0: And on the other side, the Bears they get another win. And fantasy wise, Nick Foles. I guess he didn't. He didn't look great. Uh, he was so so in the game. And you got a note on here. I didn't see this. So what? He was a little upset about what happened post game.
1: Well, they asked him about it after because Brady for the second time, their last two times they played. He has not gone up to Foles to shake his hand or really address him after the game. I mean, maybe that's good for protocols this year. Yes, but uh, Tom Brady pissed, walks off the field. <laughs> Foles said he's okay with it; he doesn't mind it. Um, he's one, he's two in a row wins, of course. Yeah, fifty-two Super Bowl fifty-two being the last one. You know, unspectacular. Foles, I feel like he's going to have a couple twenty-point fantasy games this year, but so far under twelve points. His first few starts of the year. He threw three touchdowns against the Falcons, but it's like he didn't even start that game, Paul. Yeah. Who, who, who had him in the lineup as a backup quarterback? Trubisky, so really the only useful fantasy production fold provided is a game he didn't even start. He wouldn't have known to start him. So he can blow up here and there, but mostly we know going to be a team that's built on their defense. Montgomery's still getting a good workload, and he does have a connection uh, with his top receiver so far. So that's, that's one good thing going for the Bears. Um, but yeah, we know what he is. Not a huge fantasy
0: guy, though. Other uh, takeaway from this game, Allen Robinson. Uh, you know, it was it was okay game with him, but uh, you know, he continued. I should say more than okay. I mean, I forgot he got ten receptions in this thing, but uh, it looks like, like you said, this he is again going to be in that top echelon, and I know he wants to get paid from the Bears as well, looking for an extension. So, uh, I I expect this to probably continue on for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, Foles might help him get that extension. Over the past three weeks, with two and a half of those weeks being with Foles in the lineup, we've had Robinson average 23 and a half points per game in fantasy. Mm -hmm. The first two weeks with Trubisky, he had fewer than 10 points per game. So huge uptick in utility from Robinson so far the last three weeks. I mean, I don't expect him to keep up a 23 point per game pace. Mm-hmm. but he's certainly trending towards a low-end wide receiver one based on what he's been doing with the Super Bowl winning quarterback so far.
0: And another surprising thing in the Tampa backfield, Ronald Jones, it looks like it's his job now for for at least for in, in, until maybe an injury strikes because we've been confused about this situation because Leonard Fournette was also the hot back in week two, but then all of a sudden now Ronald Jones has taken over, and he had another big game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have investment in Jones in one league, and when I saw Fournette's Week 2 game, I was definitely worried because all the buzz after that was, okay, Fournette's going to take over Arian. It wasn't true to saying that Jones is our guy, but back-to-back 100-yard rushing games for Ralph Jones, he does... I think he's still going to get over 60-65% of the split when Fournette comes back. Fournette may be a little rusty when he comes back. I don't want to underestimate him again because I feel like I undersold him coming out of Jacksonville and into this offense, so... We saw it in Week Two from Fournette, but agreed that Jones is definitely in the back you want the rest of the, of the year, and I think he's in that RB two range the way he's been producing over 15 points in the past couple of weeks.
0: Up next, Raiders Chiefs. Raiders give the Chiefs their first loss of the year, and uh, it was uh, watched this one. It was pretty fun back and forth game, and uh, the Raiders they got the big win in uh, Kansas City.
1: Yeah, they dropped five straight to the Chiefs going back to 2017. And this is what we talked about. I mean, it is a roller coaster with Derek Carr. That huge week Two win over the Saints, then back-to-back losses and games. You know, they're tough games against the Bills and Patriots, but if you're going to be an elite quarterback, games that you've got to win at some point, get back on track here. ending the Chiefs their first loss in I don't know how many. It's 15, 16, something crazy, straight games, going back to November 10th of last year, I think. But, yeah. Car still not the fantasy phenom, but here, this one game, 347 yards through the air, and now it's back-to-back with 300-plus passing yards. So, oof, maybe maybe it's so high, but he, he's a better NFL quarterback than a fantasy quarterback, as I keep saying. Another signature win here, though, Paul. Signature win.
0: And the defense for the Raiders uh, showed up too to help. Uh, I mean, they did stop Kansas City. Uh, It wasn't for long. It was just long enough, I'll say, because if there was like more time in that game, I'm sure Kansas City would have rallied. But they stopped them for a good period there in the fourth quarter, and they held on.
1: Yeah, they just needed maybe a few more minutes. Yeah, did the Chiefs uh, at least got a late touchdown to Kelsey and a chance to kick an onside kick? Didn't get that, but you look at the stat sheet. 32 points allowed, over 400 yards allowed for the Raiders' defense, but their second half really stepped up and shut down the Chiefs. Yes. Their first four drives, they didn't give up any points to the Chiefs coming out of the halftime break. Uh, Chiefs went three and out their first drive, five plays their second drive, only one first down picked up on the third drive, and then Jeff Heath had that huge interception that really tilted the game and put it in pretty much at this point. This is the Raiders' game to lose once he got that big pick, so – you're not too worried about the Chiefs overall. We know they're, it's their title until someone knocks them off. But, hey, the Raiders are getting in that mix. I think they're a wild-card team. They're not going to overtake KC for the division. But that's just my opinion, Paul.
0: Yeah, I I, I think they can be in that mix for the wild-card. Yeah, I think it Kansas City's got that West sewn up. But uh, it, I think it'll be a good fight between them and maybe the Chargers if they come on. Uh, for fighting for maybe a wild-card spot, one of those. I, I like both those teams. Uh, back to this game, you know, Travis Kelsey, he continues to do what you expected him to do is be one of the top tight ends on the board, and uh, he continued to produce uh, big time in this one.
1: Yeah, he catches for 108 yards in the late touchdown. Really high floor guy. I mean, there's not much more of a sure thing in fantasy football than Travis Kelsey. Incredibly high floor for him as usual. catches per game, 81 receiving yards per game, and three total touchdowns on the season. So it's a sure thing. As sure as the sun is going to rise, you got Kelsey as a top flight fantasy tight end, which is not guaranteed. Just look at Zach Ertz last week. Kelsey seemingly, no matter what, produces week after week. And if you were maybe looking to
0: pick up a Raiders wideout if you don't have one or you need help at the position, I mean, Nelson Aguilar has been hot the last couple weeks, but also... Henry Ruggs showed in this game, while I thought maybe he could be the breakout rookie wide receiver because he went deep on a couple plays, had the big 72-yard touchdown, and uh, yes, he's going to be boom or bust, but I think potentials there It could be more boom as we continue to go through the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, and he can do that any week. I mean, some weeks he's going to have three catches for 37 yards, other weeks he's going to have two for 110 yards of a touchdown, so just depends. This week, it was more the latter. Uh, 19.8 points in this one against KC. A couple hit or miss moments here. He's been under 10 points twice already in the early season. So that's what we're going to get with Ruggs. Boom, bust type guy. So that's just what we're getting. We We know what he is. The Sean Jackson type, but probably a higher floor over time. I think he's a better overall player on the short and intermediate, but we'll see how it plays out.
0: Ravens and Bengals, uh, Lamar Jackson, he was kind of a question mark early week uh, going into this one, but uh, played, and he played pretty well once again for the uh, Ravens as they get a big win over the Bengals.
1: Yeah, he had an injury pop-up during the week, and he also went home from practice one day with a stomach issue, but against the Bengals, extends his regular season record to a career mark of 23-4. Just unreal <laughs> success during the regular season. But again, in fantasy, I... Past on him in, in most leagues. Like, I kind of followed the traditional sense. He's going to regress. You don't go early on a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I did take him in one league. I'm thinking I love to watch Lamar Jackson play. He's one of my favorite players. And he may just do it. I really thought he, he, I think he will be the number one or number two quarterback for sure. And potentially he'll be like three or four points ahead of everybody else with Mahomes. So I did invest in one league. And so far, he is the 11th best quarterback in fantasy. He's five spots behind Ryan Patrick so far. So <laughs> that that early investment on Jackson has not paid off so far in fantasy.
0: What do you say to that owner right now? Because, you know, there's a lot of them asking, oh, how long do I wait for him to, you know, those, those numbers turn around? Do you, do you still be patient at this point, or are you listening to
1: offers? I'm listening to offers, but okay. you just got to be careful because if you got Lamar Jackson on your team at the latest, he probably invested a third round picking him. so you know I wouldn't sell low by any means. He may have more value for your fantasy team than for anyone else's. I mean, I mean more value for you on your fantasy team than in terms of what you'll get back in a trade. Mm-hmm. So that's my concern with him uh, in terms of moving him off a team. His upside is immense, but so far it just hasn't translated. I'm holding tight right now, Paul. But if you if you are looking to move him, you got to get back at least like a really good number two back or really high end number two receiver, even low end of each position. Like you, you still got to get back a third round pick for that investment you made. If someone likes his upside going forward.
0: And with the Bengals offense, this was a tough one. You kind of thought it was going to be going in because they were facing that tough Ravens defense and they did make it tough for Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah. They got blown out in this one. Final score was 27 to three Burrow's first matchup against Wink Martindale's defense. Double whammy here. Failed to score a touchdown in his first career game uh, and also committed multiple turnovers for the first time in in his career as an NFL player. Ravens got to him seven times on the afternoon, seven sacks, and probably the defensive MVP of the game was his LSU teammate, fellow rookie Patrick Queen, Mm -hmm. who the Ravens took late in the first round. He had two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, a sack, and a defensive touchdown did Patrick Queen. So just an insane day for him. And uh, really, the ground game has Has not been efficient with Joe Mixon, but they just keep funneling the rock
2: time after time.
1: So he's just been a workhorse, but not especially efficient for this offense and really nothing doing with just three points against the Ravens in Week 5.
0: And I know T. Higgins has been kind of a popular pickup the last couple weeks. Uh, What do you think after this one?
1: Yeah, he's really trending in the exact opposite direction of A.J. Green, who is now dealing with a hamstring injury so at least in the immediate term you like higgins to see some more involvement but even when they were both in the lineup we saw higgins really starting to trend the right way and green the wrong way green the first two weeks the former all pro had 22 targets which is a ton but the last two and a half games before the injury just 12 combined targets higgins meanwhile in his first two games as an nfl player out of clemson three catches 35 yards, but the last three weeks he's come on with almost 180 receiving yards and two touchdowns. The best thing about this, Paul, 24 targets the past three weeks. I mean, you like nice. the touchdowns, they can be a little yep. random, but the fact that he has, you know, eight targets per game the last three weeks, I'm buying in on him as someone in a deeper league. I'm definitely looking to throw on the flex. In a 10 or so team league, I'm interested in throwing him on my bench if I need some help at receiver.
0: Up next, the Panthers and Falcons. I question, well, how did Dan Quinn not get fired after he lost the Packers in a bad showing on Monday Night Football? Well, Arthur Blank was so irate, he just fired the top brass of the organization as well and Thomas Dimitrov, so uh, this was, had been a fun week for you to cover the Falcons.
1: Yeah, <laughs> at least there's some change happening. I, I do feel like a bit of a weight off my shoulders that it's hit rock bottom and things are at least changing. Uh, I, I don't know. If, I love Dan Quinn. He just seems like the nicest guy. Every single person in their locker room seems to love him. But just hearing week after week kind of the same vernacular about having to get things right and look in the mirror, uh, you know, I'm just glad that they're – I'm not glad he's been fired, of course. Yeah. Not the best for him, but I'm glad for the team since they're making a change here. They got Raheem Morris in there as the interim head coach. If you think about last year, Dan Quinn basically fired himself as defensive coordinator. The first half of the season, when he was calling the plays defensively, they gave up 31 points per game. The second half, they gave up 18 and a half points per game with Raheem Morris as the defensive coordinator. So now, moving forward, I mean, you're 0 5 for the first time in 23 years. We've got 11 games left. We're not making the playoffs, it, barring a miracle. So let's see what we have on this staff. So I'm in favor of it personally from a football sense. Let's see what we have for 11 games because what we're doing. It's not working. Uh, mm-hmm. Seven and nine the past two seasons. Zero and five start here. So I, I personally agree with the move.
0: And Matt Ryan, uh, where has he gone? Because the first couple weeks he was, he was good. He was up there among the leaders, uh, putting up solid numbers. And now the last two weeks ooh, has not been good. And this was another uh, clunker for fantasy.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how his contract plays out as well. I mean, in this game. 21 for 37, 226 yards, and no touchdowns. He's now gone, I think, back to back games for the first time since his rookie season without passing touchdowns. I'm hearing a lot about if they have a top three pick, yeah. if they have a number one overall pick, which I think is going to happen. I think the Falcons are going to win a few games.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't think that they're going to outwin the Falcons this year, but were they to have a shot at Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, would the Falcons take them? <laughs> I think I think they may, but the thing is, which one Ryan would they take? Has of, because he's a lot of money to do. It yeah, the issue of the contract.
0: Yeah, I've been. We've had that. Uh, me and a friend have been uh, discussing that too because that that would be ironic because Trevor Lawrence, obviously, you know, in that area, no, Clemson, not too far from Atlanta, that'd be a popular pick. Justin Fields, who was a Georgia Bulldog for a while, then transferred. Mm. That that would be ironic, too, if they were to take him at one. But that's a long ways down the road. But, yeah, that discussion did come up here
1: as well this week. That's a great point, Paul. I did not consider that Fields point. Yes. You think about, I mean, in the division itself, the Saints had a similar run where they had three straight losing seasons with Drew Brees, 2014 to 2016, they won exactly seven games every year, but they did hang with them. Their defense got better, got some skill players in there. Eleven plus wins each of the past three seasons. So you know, there it did kind of look like Ryan had a bit of a noodle arm on that Monday night game, yeah. especially that start of Ridley, where uh, Adrian Amos was able to swoop in. It looked like he really had a touchdown to Ridley, and the ball just died on him. Mm-hmm. People have been questioning his arm strength, and now fourteen and twenty-two is a starter. It's the beginning of 2018. So the results just are not translating, period. I, I'm i definitely thinking about it going with one of those elite quarterbacks if available. Yeah. Uh,
0: one positive note, though, for Todd Gurley in this game. Uh, he went off for 121 yards, got the touchdown as well. And uh, it looks like, you know, they're starting to use him as they should in that offense.
1: Yeah, he's finally getting some involvement in the passing game. 29 receiving yards against the Panthers. He had just nine receiving yards the first four weeks of the season. Also, joined some elite company in this game. Gurley reaches 75 career touchdowns in his 78th career NFL game. The only players, the only running backs to hit 75 touchdowns in fewer games are Ladanian Tollinson, Jim Brown, and Emmitt Smith. So elite company. We knew he's a two-time All-Pro questions about his knee every single year. It seems like the past three, four years and he's producing at the Falcon overall, the past catching work hasn't been there over the five weeks, but trending the right way. And he's scoring a ton of touchdowns. So you got to like that.
0: And on the uh, Panther side of things, Teddy Bridgewater, he's a quarterback that's available. I would say in most leagues and this offense, Matt rule offense, we thought they were going to start flinging the ball and he is starting to put the numbers up. So, say you're in a situation you need to grab somebody by weeks coming up, or maybe your guy just losing in faith in him. do you believe in Teddy Bridgewater uh, the rest of the way?
1: yeah, the touchdown production hasn't really been there just six passing td so far, but he's efficient as always, just three picks compared to those three, compared to those six touchdown passes he's also been over seventy percent completion in four of five games so I mean, fantasy-wise, you don't really care about the completion rate, but 290-plus passing yards per game. With those weapons in place, especially Robbie Anderson, who he's thinking with just tremendously. Anderson's become the number one receiver for them. It's working, and D.J. Moore, the number two, that ain't bad. He was excellent last year. Mm -hmm. D.J. Moore, if he is the number two, he's been out-targeted by Robbie Anderson this year. That's a really good number two receiver. So he's working in this offense, is Bridgewater with Brady as the offensive coordinator,
0: and of course, you know there might be uh, a McCaffrey sighting this week. And I don't know if the if he does play, they take him off IR, and if he gets cleared and all that. If he does play this week, if you know he'll be in a little bit, but then Mike Davis is there, and you know you had the stat last week: 120 catches. He's on pace for this season, and he had another big day.
1: I think he's had like 75 fantasy points in his three yeah. starts. Yes, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's the number one fantasy back since he took over. Uh, Kamara, I believe, still on the season. But uh, if not since he took over, he's been right at the top as Mike Davis. McCaffrey, it was expected four to six weeks with the high-angle strain, but he may he's eligible to come off IR because it's been the required three weeks as is the mandate this season. So the thing is, Paul, you can't just throw Davis back on the bench. No. I mean, he's been too good. He's been too good, and as much money as they have invested in McCaffrey – it's crazy that the offense is just continuing to plug along.
0: Chargers and Saints uh, was a pretty good Monday nighter and went to overtime. Man, I did feel bad for Justin Herbert in this one because he played his heart out in this thing.
1: Yeah, and they really should have got the win. Uh, going off the upright at yes. the end. Uh, I did take the Saints in this game minus eight. Get the win in OT, but do not cover. So good bet on your side, Paul. <laughs> but fantasy-wise, Herbert just continues to produce. Popped off the screen again here in week five. You know, the stat you do not like is he's 0-4 as a starter. Yeah. But if you think about this, there have been quarterbacks taken at the number six overall pick each of the last two drafts. One of them is named Justin Herbert. The other is Daniel Jones. So you <laughs> love to be the Chargers in that comparison, Paul.
0: Yeah, as long as it's not Daniel Jones from this year. Those numbers.
2: Exactly,
1: yeah. He's <laughs> just having a rough season. Yeah. so So far... This season Herbert's nine to three touchdown interceptions, almost three hundred passing yards per game. Uh, Jones, meanwhile, two to five touchdowns to interception. He hasn't had a touchdown since the season opener. He hasn't had a touchdown since the season opener. That is just insane. And another stat on Herbert, one more crazy one. Most passing yards in a rookie's first four games, he's third all time behind only Cam Newton and Patrick Mahomes. So electrifying start for the number 6 overall pick out of Oregon.
0: And Keenan Allen, wide receiver, uh, again, got injured in this gun. Got you a touchdown if you had him, but, uh, again, he had back spasms. And the Charger wide receivers, they they seem that position is just cursed with injuries.
1: I know. Mike Williams broke out in this one, too, but we know how banged up he's been over his first couple of years in the league. Uh, Yeah, so early exit for Allen. That was in the first quarter. Two catches for 29 in addition to that touchdown you mentioned. And it was the Mike Williams blow-up game. Five catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns after he missed the week four loss to Tampa Bay with a hamstring injury. He made an incredibly clutch catch there, Paul. That 29-yard grab with 15 seconds to go. That was before Badgley missed uh, missed the kick there at the end of regulation. But Williams was incredibly clutch. 27.9 fantasy points was the second most of his entire career.
0: On the other side, Drew Brees. You know, we were talking about Lamar Jackson, if you be patient with him. Drew Brees and his fantasy value has just plummeted once again. Now, I know he did get Emmanuel Sanders involved in the game, but how much do you stay with Drew Brees? I know you got Michael Thomas coming back if he doesn't get in another fight in practice, but uh, what? Mm-hmm. How, where are we with Drew Brees now?
1: I'm not dropping him in a 10-team league just yet. But I'm certainly looking into the alternatives. If there's still a Herbert option, uh, if there's still even an Andy Dalton option, I may look into adding him in addition to Breeze for a week or two. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Twitter's blowing up. Every day I check for my myself I see about Drew Breeze's arm strength diminishing. Uh, I mean, this guy's 41, Paul. You've got to give this guy a bit of a break.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, He's taking a lot of hits. I think he would look a bit more dynamic if Michael Thomas came back, but I, at the same time, don't think we can argue he's taken a step back in his game or a half-step back. Yeah. And the defense, seventh-worst scoring defense in the NFL, so they've been an elite defense at points the last couple of years with their secondary, Mario Davis, Davenport, Jordan, but so far this year, bottom-10 scoring defense, and Brees has clearly taken a step back, despite getting uh, 122 yards and twelve completion to Emmanuel Sanders
0: in this game, and unfortunately, we have seen it through NFL history with some of our favorite quarterbacks that we love. When we get to that get to that age, we've seen them lose it, especially in the middle of season. Peyton Manning with the Broncos. Oh. um I mean Brett Favre too. Even when he was that last season with the Vikings, you could see the arm strength just wasn't there anymore, and they were just trying to get to the end. And I mean, with with Manning at least, he had the defense to. <laughs> Help him to get that Super Bowl victory. But we've witnessed this happen, and I I hope this isn't it for Drew, but this might actually be, it. you know, we're seeing him losing that that arm strength right in the middle of the season.
1: Yeah, he may be heading to the booth uh, pretty soon. (laughs) Yep. And uh, you think about Manning's drop-off. He went from an NFL record 55 passing touchdowns in 2013 to two years later, their Super Bowl season before he retired. His final season, that 2015 year, nine touchdowns, 17 picks. That's not Peyton Manning. So It is, when it happens, it is a quick drop off, and it's just never the same.
0: All right, looking ahead here, week six, uh, guys that you might be having uh, issues with, wondering who should I take, who should I go with. We're going to start off, but you're going to go with Cam Newton, if he's out there, right?
1: If he's out there now. Pulled back on the active today, or at least he's been designated to return. I've uh, been out with COVID-19 concerns. And I looked at the way the Titans played last night. But a couple weeks off didn't seem to bother him. Cam Newton, of course. Last year, he only played two games, and he looked excellent in the season opener. I think he's going to be ready to go for this game. So here we go against the Broncos' defense. That is not really lived up to expectations. Certainly they've had injuries all over the place. With uh, This would have been a revenge game for Newton going up against Von Miller, but uh, Miller, of course, after the season. A.J. Boye, AJ Boye has been on IR the last few weeks with a shoulder issue, so it's a depleted Broncos defense that hasn't been that good anyway. Um, so I, I do like Newton here. He's had 25 or more points weeks one and two, and over 235 passing yards per game, not bad for him, in addition to all he's done on the ground. So I, I do think that Newton is a good DFS option here against the Broncos defense, and it's just a bad Broncos team right now.
0: Up next, uh, you're liking Matt Stafford this week. course, Lions, they're coming off a bye, so uh, that might uh, be good for you this week as well, that play.
1: Yeah, plenty of time to prepare for a bad team in the Jaguars who just got beat by almost three possessions but 16 points by the Texans who were winless going into that game. Stafford, as always, he's just kind of middling in fantasy. Um, Over 250 passing yards per game with two passing touchdowns per game. So just decent production. Hasn't exactly lit the world on fire. Of course, the Lions are one and three again. Disappointing start. But with Kenny Galladay back in the lineup, the two have hooked up for a touchdown pass each of the past two games. The Lions and the Jaguars on the other side. Bottom eight defense in terms of completions and passing yards allowed. They're also bottom four in passing touchdowns allowed. So Stafford, usually a middling option, I think is a top 10 fantasy quarterback in week six. All
0: right. He must've been listening to us. Uh, Fitzmagic, Ryan
1: Fitzpatrick against
0: the Jets. Last week we said, hey, two has got to be coming maybe in the next couple weeks. <laughs> and he then goes off against the 49ers to prove us wrong. And, and you're liking him. The- well, of course he's playing the Jets. Everyone likes him this week.
1: We might as well take advantage of this Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, as long as we can. Yes. Uh, I will say this the Dolphins, despite the blowout of the 49ers last week, still came out and announced Fitzpatrick as their starter. So that just fits <laughs> the show.
0: It's yeah, like maybe we're onto on something. Yeah.
1: It's going to be week to week, all season, like we suggested. Two uh, is going to see the field this season. Last week against the depleted 49ers defense, Fitzpatrick lit it up, took advantage of Brian Allen, who really struggled coming up from the practice squad. Um, but now 315-plus passing yards in three of Fitzpatrick's past four games. He's got multiple touchdown passes in three of those past four. And he's also had 21-plus fantasy points in four straight games. That's just unreal. Like I said, he's ahead of Lamar Jackson so far this season and he's playing the Jets, who are 30th in scoring defense. Only the Jaguars have given up a worse completion percentage as well, so I think Fitzpatrick goes over 20 fantasy points here again in Week 6.
0: Uh, running back position, we talked about this guy like in our preseason shows because you know he had a big injury, and we thought he was going to miss some time, but he, he was there I think for Week 1 and started, but Maybe he wasn't fully healed because the last couple of weeks David Montgomery has really come on for the Bears, and uh, you're liking him in this matchup against Carolina this week.
1: Yeah, he's getting involved in the passing game too. He had seven catches this past week, and we just like to roll running backs out there whenever we got a matchup against the Panthers. So <laughs> yes. far, they've been really—I mean, surprisingly good. They're three and two. I thought coming into the season they may be uh, number one overall pick candidate or a really bad team, just in general, a top-five-pick-in-the-draft type team. They've been competitive, and I think they will be throughout the season, but their rush defense just remains atrocious. Last week, a guy that we liked in Todd Gurley, 150 scrimmage yards and two touchdowns. So Montgomery's been getting getting going here a bit. You still don't like the efficiency. 3.7 yards per carry as a rookie, 3.3 yards per carry, or worse, in each of his past three games. But pass catching is getting going, as we said. He's averaging 12.6 carries per game, still has those touchdown opportunities. So it may not be pretty with Montgomery, but going up against the Panthers' defense, that's the 25th rushed, 25th ranked rush defense, I should say. I think Montgomery is, is worth inserting into a starting lineup this, this week. And currently, the Panthers just dead last in most fantasy categories in terms of what they've given up to running backs, but overall, they've given up 16 more fantasy points to opposing running backs than any other team in the NFL. And the eight touchdowns they've allowed in the ground are also an NFL worst.
0: And next, we're talking about, uh, well, a guy I think we like starting him every week. It's James Robinson. And yeah, it was kind of a low output last week, but uh, we like his matchup this week, especially against the Lions.
1: Yeah, every single week. I'm going to have to stop including him because these are more borderline guys, but maybe if his DFS price hasn't caught up, I have a hard time. Believe that not now, though, because yeah. he's just proven himself as maybe a Pro Bowl back this season. Surely against Houston, his involvement went down a little bit just because Houston uh, took a big lead going into the fourth quarter, went up 13 early in that final quarter. But time am in time again with the receiving production, a high floor for him, five catches this past week for 22 yards, uh, in addition to the 48 on the ground. He's also had a game this season with 83 receiving yards as Robinson and just like Montgomery ahead of him. You know, you like his workload, fourteen point six carries per game, but he's a much better player. Already six touchdowns for James Robinson. The only guys with more among running backs are Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara. So maybe a star in the star in the making here and the Lions you like to match up fifth worst in terms of rushing yards allowed to opposing running back. They've also given up six touchdowns on the ground to opposing back, uh, which is towards the bottom of the NFL. So Robinson firing him, firing him up again. Of course, if he's in your lineup, you've been starting him every week, but another DFS role here for Robinson. Checking out
0: the wide receiver position. Okay, I think a lot of people were putting claims in for this guy after the uh, third quarter of the uh, Pittsburgh game uh, this past week, Pittsburgh-Philadelphia game. Chase Claypool, the rookie out of Notre Dame, he came on the scene big time uh, this past week. Is this uh, for real? Because, I mean, DeMonte Johnson, I think, got hurt again in this game. James Washington—he continues to get further pushed back. Is he now the true number two to Juju in the uh, Pittsburgh offense?
1: I'd say he's the best bet. Uh, you like the history, of course, of Steelers receivers. Now they've drafted a lot of receivers over the uh, course of history, it feels, but they only draft wide receivers and linebackers. But they've had a number of a uh, number of wide receivers, including late round receivers like Antonio Brown, who have popped and they invested a second-round pick in this guy, a mid-second-round pick. So if the Steelers are willing to invest that kind of capital in Claypool, and he's popping this early in the season with four touchdowns, you got to like that. And I know we all remember this team, Paul. Claypool, the first Canadian-born player with three receiving touchdowns since Joe Rooney did it for the Duluth Eskimos <laughs> back in 1927. So, you know, a little bit of history here. Canadian-born Claypool, former uh, Notre dame Fighting Irish he is killing it and I, I do think that he is the number two to juju going forward with Johnson banged up and maybe not as much of a producer as Claypool in the NFL.
0: And and now that I think about it, wasn't he basically their first round pick? Because they gave up that first rounder for Minka Fitzpatrick in the trade. So was he their first, you know, pick off the board? I think he
1: was. I will double check Yeah, I, I do you're completely right. Uh yeah. And also with that Fitzpatrick trade, I think that we kind of doubted it going back. Is yeah. it worth trading yeah. a first-round pick to Miami for a safety? But so far, it's paid off. Yeah, I think he was an all-pro last year, yeah. if not a pro bowler. And correct, Paul. Claypool was their first pick at 49 overall. Okay. Uh, so they, yeah. First guy they took off the board this year. So uh,
0: basically, like you said, proves the point. They thought really highly of this guy, who's the first guy off the board on their draft, especially after losing a first round draft pick. So yeah, if you've been waiting on Chase Claypool, he's probably uh, if you didn't win the waiver race for him, uh, well, you might be stuck with him, with not going with him this week.
1: Yeah, I definitely like to pick him up as one of my definite top claims this week if he's not already on a roster, and you like the matchup too, because the Browns, while they may be four and one, Stefanski. It seems like a genius hire right now, and I, I think it's a very good hire. I'm excited about it. Uh, but the defense is still struggling. I mean, they held Old Man Rivers and the Colts to 23 points last week, but otherwise they've given up 30 or more points in three of their four games this year. Uh, in terms of their pass defense. Only Atlanta and Seattle are worse this year. So play pool at 5,200 in DraftKings, I think is a really good DFS value against the Browns in a huge game for the Browns right now.
0: And to finally wrap things up, it's time for our Week 6 picks. Boy, we were uh, stellar this past week. <laughs> we killed it.
1: Yeah, we, we killed it. Yeah, We I, literally I back killed it. And I, uh, I've got to be more clear in my picks, but did not make a pick on our final game. Was... I went 0-2, though, so... Not a good week for me, Paul. You did get one game right, taking the Chargers in that Monday night. So you're 1-2. and two, I'm 0-2 uh, going in here to our second week of pick.
0: All right. We're going to start off Kansas City, the favorites against uh, Buffalo. Uh, they're getting three and a half. This is the first leg of the Monday Night Football Contest. So got to remember that uh, once again, that we have Monday Night Football doubleheader coming up this week.
1: Yeah, and I'm checking the schedule every day. And you've also got to be mindful, uh check a couple resources or check the team page because I'll check on Pro Football Reference even and the schedule will be incorrect for the next week or on Google it won't be updated immediately. Yeah. So especially with all these moves, we just got to be careful. And yeah, the doubleheader Monday night, um, this was initially I think a Thursday night game that got pushed yep. back yes, because of the was. Titans build issue. Um, and we bet on Buffalo this past week, minus one against the Titans, did not pay off. Is Josh Allen had a pretty tricky night two picks after throwing just one interception over the first quarter of the season, and they just couldn't get it going on the ground either. Just 95 rushing yards for the Bills. So we're thinking, okay, the Bills just laid an egg, but on the other end, the Chiefs being three-and-a-half-point favorites, I've got to think they're going to be focused, Paul. Losing their first game since last November, losing to the Raiders, I've got to think that the Chiefs are going to get right, more so than the Bills, but Mm -hmm. that three-and-a-half, is tricky. I'd like it to be three. I think I'm still going Chiefs to cover the three and a half. What do you think on this one, Chiefs and Bills?
0: I give me the Chiefs in that three and a half all day because the big factor is no fans in Buffalo. And even if this was a Thursday night game, uh, the Bills mafia would have been rowdy. They would have been pumped up. And I think there would have been a huge factor to. Keep the game close for Buffalo, but without those fans and Patrick Mahone's going to be a little angry after getting that first loss last week, and uh, I think it's going to be tough for him, but I I do like Kansas City in this one, and I I like that number.
1: I like that number, too, and our second matchup of the week here, I don't know if we want to go Rose's favorite again, but it's Packers minus two at tampa bay this will be the only the third time in their careers that rogers and tom brady have faced off they're one and one against each other so far any inclination here uh between the packers and bucks both seemingly heavyweights coming into the year but right now i'm definitely trending towards green bay they seem like more of a super bowl team than do the bucks and more rounded i guess on offense.
0: Yeah, this one has uh, got me going back and forth because I'm like, okay, Green Bay, well, they were on a bye, so I don't know if they're going to come up sharp. You got Tom Brady who's going to be pissed after everything that happened in that contest against the Bears and yet another loss. And They can't start taking too many losses because I know it's not the NFC East is the South Division, but you know they can't keep t- piling up the losses, so they're going to be motivated, but they've got a lot of issues, I think, on that defense now after a couple key injuries last week week so i i think i do have to take green bay in this one
1: i'm with you too and that injury to be vea on the buck's defensive line is a big one uh he's really developed into an impact player i think he got off to a bit of a slow start in his career but for that buck's defense that's number one in the league in rush defense so far again uh he was a key contributor i think aaron jones he'll have a solid night i don't want to bet against the buck's rush defense again like I did with Melvin Gordon, Uh, but I do think Jones will get something going on the ground. He's just too good not to, and will that pass rush be able to get to Rodgers like the Packers pass rush will get to Brady? Last week, Leo Mack was in Brady's lap the entire game. Uh, The Packers, meanwhile, have allowed an NFL low, three sacks on the season. I am definitely fearful of Brady being pissed after the end of that last game, but Rodgers... 13 touchdowns, no pick, and I just think I'm leaning Packers to cover the two on the road with this win.
0: Uh, Dallas, Arizona, as we said, they have the nightcap now, the Monday-nighter, and uh, Dallas, uh, What, what they, what's uh, the line going with this one here?
1: Dallas, actually, two-and-a-half point underdog okay, uh, yep. here against the Cardinals, which I could not believe. Uh, that's a pretty big swing. I mean, I'm not yeah. surprised they're slight underdogs, but yeah. two-and-a-half. Uh, I believe this is at home. I'll double-check right now. But that, that downgraded Dalton, I guess the – Vegas is really, count that in heavily here.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I guess. Um, I got to go Arizona in this one, I guess. I I, I got to go the other way, and I, I think the Cardinals, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll roll and take my chances with Kyler Murley and DeAndre Hopkins.
1: I can see that, and it, it, it's a tough call this week. I've just confirmed it is in Dallas. How will the Cowboys get it going the first week with Dalton? He was 9 for 11 at the end of last week. Can they still be as effective as they have been through the air? Uh, I think they're going to lean more on the ground. I think Zeke is going to get more involved in this game uh, after the Cowboys were number one by far in pass attempts the first five weeks. So I'm thinking they're going to start counting it with Zeke here against the bottom half, rush defense for Arizona. I do envision Murray running all over the place. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to go crazy for the Cardinals in this game. But overall, I think... Maybe Arizona wins this game by a little bit, but if I'm getting two-and-a-half points with the Cowboys, I'm going to take them this week at home against the Cardinals.
0: All right, so there it is this week, our pick segment. We'll see how wonderful we did this week. We're going to do better this week, I just don't know. Have to.
1: Got to get off the schneid. I, I got to get off the schneid. At least you got to win. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, Corey Smith from Rotowire again, thanks for joining us this week, and uh, best of luck uh, coming up with all the matchups this weekend.
1: be here, man. Thanks for having me again.
0: Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Zone and give us a five-star rating while
1: you're at it. Follow us on Twitter at DraftThatGuy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Football Zone podcast.